Welcome to the Lift Up Jesus radio program, where we exist to lift up the name of Jesus. This is our mission and our passion, because we believe there is no other name that has the power to change lives and hearts, including yours. I pray that you'll understand that the Bible tells us that there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we can all be saved. Join us here every weekday at 7 p.m. at 99.5 KKLA-FM for bold, uncompromising biblical teaching. And please invite your friends and family to listen in as well. I'm Dudley Rutherford, the lead pastor of Shepherd Church, which has three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Aqua Dulce, and Woodland Hills. Our church is racially diverse. It is multi-generational. It's built on biblical preaching, dynamic worship, and helpful ministries. We have many service times to choose from on Saturdays and Sundays. So visit our website at liftupjesus.com. That's liftupjesus.com to learn more about us, our locations, and our service times. Today's program is a slice of what you'll experience if you'll come visit us at Shepherd Church. So let's dive right in to today's message. There's a television game show that for years was hosted by, and when I tell you the host, you'll know the name of the show. But the game show was hosted by a guy named Monty Hall. What was the name of the show? Let's Make a Deal. But at the end of the show, it's down to two contestants, and they get a choice between three doors. There's door number one, door number two, or door number three, and you don't know what's behind those doors. Now, one of the doors has what's called the grand prize, and it's usually like a car or a trip to the Bahamas or something. Then behind one of the other doors is a good prize. Not not the grand prize. There's a good prize and a grand prize. But one of those three doors, and pardon my language, but behind one of those doors is a dud. (laughs) See, my name is Dudley, so a dud is like a curse word to me, right? (laughs) So don't, don't, don't take the dud's name in vain. Amen. So a good prize, a grand prize, and a dud. And you have to choose. And you go home with whatever door you choose. Today, in your sermon, I want to examine another door that has eternal consequences. I want to speak to you when Jesus said these words, I am the gate or I am the door. And as always, he's revealing something about uh, his identity as the Son of God. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 10. I want to read uh, to you uh, the first 10 verses. He begins with this discourse about the shepherd and the sheep. Chapter 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth, a man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a what? A robber. I want you to skip to verse 3. The watchman opens up the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, 
When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So we come to verse 6. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. It went right over their heads. And so, verse 7, and this is our text today, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. Therefore, Jesus said, again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. And verse 10 reads, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the what? To the full. I want you to go back up to verse 7. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, Jesus is talking about several things here. The first point in your notes, write this down, very obvious. Jesus is talking about salvation, specifically how you get saved, how you enter into God's sheepfold. The door is Jesus. The entry point to salvation is Jesus Christ. He could not be any more straightforward than this. Look at verse 9. It says basically the same thing. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be what? He will be saved. He's talking about salvation. Now, in the Eastern biblical culture, there were a couple different... uh, sheep pens one was in the town where all the shepherds would bring their sheep to town and they would put them in one big uh sheepfold but the other that he's talking about in these latter verses is when the shepherd is out in the hillside and either because of weather or because of danger they would find a canyon that had a just a small opening and he would herd all the sheep inside that canyon or they would go to a cave so what is this gate that he's talking about well stay with me they put all these sheep inside this canyon with a small opening or inside a cave and then the shepherd would lay down across the only opening so that no one could come in and no one could go out and the shepherd himself became the gate no sheep could get out no wolf could get in and that's what he's talking about in this text and jesus is saying i am the way that you get into god's sheepfold he's saying i am the way to salvation he tells his listeners i am the door in other words attending church is not what saves you Paying your tithes is not what saves you. Volunteering does not save you. Doing good deeds does not save you. Being nice to the pastor. 
is an excellent idea. But it does not save you. Only Jesus can save you. The second thing that he says here is he's telling them that salvation, write this down, is available to all people. That this door, this gate, this salvation is available to all. Now, in context, he's talking primarily, when he's talking these words, he's primarily talking to Jewish people. He's talking to Jewish leaders. He's talking to some Jewish people who believe that he's the Son of God. He's also talking to some Jewish people who do not believe that he's the Son of God. But look again at verse 9. He says, I am the gate. What's the next word? Whoever enters through me will be saved. I want you to write this down. That word whoever means and that everyone who enters through me will be saved. Now he's letting them know this and they have a hard time initially understanding this. We understand it now because we're looking backwards. But he's talking about every Jew and every Gentile. It's available to all. Every male and every female. The rich and the, the educated and the, the tall and the, if you're a good person or a bad person, if you sin only once a week or you sin a thousand times in a week, whoever means everyone. The greatest verse in the Bible, John three sixteen reads, for God so loved the entire world that he gave his one and only son that, there's this word again, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. And what he's saying is no matter who you are, whatever your background, whatever your mistakes, regardless of your age, regardless of your nationality, regardless of your education, regardless of your heritage, regardless of your sin, regardless of your transgressions, you can be saved today. It's available to you. If you want to be saved, you can be saved here today. There are two parts to salvation. I've told you this. There's God's part and there's your part. God's part's called grace. When he, while we were yet sinners, he allows Jesus to die on a cross. When Jesus dies on the cross, that's grace because we didn't deserve that. But he loved us and he loves us more than anything. And so he, he willingly dies on that cross and that's called grace. And grace is available to all. It's for all people. Doesn't matter how good, how bad you are. There is no one in this room that's outside God's reach. His reach, His grace is available to all. Now the question is your faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says we're saved by grace through faith. It's when grace and faith connect is where salvation occurs. All the grace in the world isn't going to do you any good unless you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so the question is, will you choose? Will you decide? Are you willing to walk through that door? It's your choice. God created us with free will. He doesn't force anyone to walk through that door. He'll show you the door, but you've got to walk through that door. But I want to make this clear. It doesn't matter how good looking you are, and some of you are really good looking. 
It doesn't matter how famous you are, how rich you are, how smart you are, how wise you are, how blessed you are, how strong you are, how educated you are, how gifted you are. None of those things are going to get you into heaven. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one door, one gate, one access point, and that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came to earth and died on a cross and paid the penalty for our sins. He was buried, and on the third day, he resurrected. And all of the other world religious leaders all lived and all died and were all buried, but only one resurrected, only one came back to life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the third element to Jesus being the door of our salvation and being available to all, and this is where some of us struggle with this, But number three, this is a critical point. He is the exclusive door. There is no other door. It's not door one, door two, pick a choice. It's only one door. Verse nine, again, the text says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. The Pharisees thought they were the ones who got to decide who was in and who was out. The Pharisees thought they were the ones who got to determine who was saved and who was lost. The Pharisees, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, thought they were the ones that were judged. They were the ones who could decide who was righteous and who was unrighteous. And Jesus is saying to them, that's not your job, brother, that's my job. I am the door, I am the gate. Write this down. There is no other way. There's only one way to be saved. Now hear me out, that's not politically correct. That's not culturally correct. Because modern belief is that Jesus is just one way to get to heaven. Modern belief is that there are multiple ways to get to heaven. There are multiple doors, multiple means. But he emphasizes the only people that are going to get saved are those people who come through me. To let you know and to let me know that there is only one door, there is only one gate, and He is that gate, He is that door. You see, we, in our culture today, we're so blessed. If you turn on the radio, we have multiple options. You can listen to sports or news, or you can listen to music. On iTunes, you literally have millions of songs that you can choose to listen to. If you have cable or dish network, you have thousands of television stations. You can sit there and just change them all day long. If you like to eat, there's multiple options of different types of restaurants that you want to go eat. If you like coffee, there's hundreds of different uh, coffee shops in Los Angeles. It's in our culture. We are people who like choices. But when Jesus claims that he's the only way to receive salvation, people scream, that's narrow-mindedness. They, they scream, that's discriminatory. They scream that you are a bigot if you believe that. And most people would share the belief that Jesus is one of the ways to salvation, but he's not the only way. But ladies and gentlemen, you have to hear me out. The Bible teaches, the Word of God teaches, that there's only one way for any of us to get saved. And that's through walking through that door, walking and entering a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the only way. Acts 4.12 says these words, that salvation is found in no one else. 
For there is no other name under all of heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Uh, When you walk through that door, if you choose to walk through that door, besides being saved, which if that's, I mean, that's all you need just to walk through that door. That's the greatest blessing on the planet to be saved. Amen. But there's icing. Besides being saved, there's three other blessings that come your way. Number one, write this down, is security. Safety. He says there in verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And then it says, he, he's talking about you, the sheep. You will come in and go where? In and out. There's a certain confidence when you're saved. When you get saved as you come to church, there's just something, you know, when you're here in the safety of God's fold, oh, it feels good in here, doesn't it? I mean, we all came in here and we worshiped and we pray and we gave and we took communion and we're studying the Word. There's just something good about being here, right? But in a little while, we're going to have to go out. And out there, it's, it can be dangerous. It, it can't, there's many temptations out there. And there's hurdles and heartache and all kinds of things that we have to go through. But as a believer, once you get saved, once you walk through that door, once you're in God's sheepfold, while well, you can come in and out. Doesn't matter where you go. God's still going to be watching over you. He's going to be caring for you. You are a part of his family, and he will protect you. Amen? Amen. As a parent, you spend half your time. If you're a parent and you have a child growing up, you spend half of your time just keeping an eye on that child. Because once they start to run and walk, they just they see something. They don't, they, don't, they don't care if it's good or bad. They just run to it. And you just watch them, and at the last second, you pick them up. And you saved them, and you put them over here, and they looked over here, and they saw that, and they started to run over here, and the last second, you sweep in, and you pick them up. And half the time, your child doesn't even know you're watching them. But as a parent, you never take your eye off your son or your daughter, do you? And they're going places, they don't even know half the time it's good or bad, but as a parent, you're their guardian, you're watching over them, and in the same way, when you're here in church, yes, God is here, but when you leave church here, and you're going out where there's toil and heartache and danger, you are under His watchful eye. You have nothing to worry about. He will later explain to them in verse 28, He says these words, I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of My hand. He says again in verse 29, My Father who has given them to Me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of My Father's hand. You need to realize that when you walk through that door, you accept Jesus Christ and you give your life to Him, God places you in His hand and He will let no one ever come and remove you from His hand of protection. You are in God's hands forever. Amen. Number two is sustenance. Not only security and safety, but He will sustain you. He said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find what? You're going to find pasture. Oh, that doesn't mean much to some of you here, but when you go to Israel and you look around the hillsides there in Palestine, it's not easy if you live out in the countryside to find adequate food for the flock. 
because everything is so rocky. So the shepherd would lead the sheep to where they could graze, and the sheep became dependent upon the shepherd to locate an adequate pasture for which they could feed. And over time, the sheep actually learned to trust in the shepherd, that the shepherd cares for them, that the shepherd provides. And so they would follow that shepherd and the voice of the shepherd because they knew that he would always lead them someplace where they could feed. Isn't that what Psalm 23 verse 1 says? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want because he makes me lie down in what? In green pastures. And he leads me beside quiet waters. And he restores my soul. And what else do you need except food and water and rest and peace? He gives you security. He gives you sustenance. Number three, he gives you surplus. That's what verse 10 says, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have what? life and have it to the full or have it abundantly now there's different greek words for that word life when he says i've come that they might have life one of the words for life is the word bios and you know you you know that word biology the study of life and and bios has to do with your life how it works, how it functions, how long you live, your accomplishments, your wealth, your health. That's bios, your life. But that's not the word he uses here. It says, I've come to give you, and he uses the word zoe, Z-O-E, but it's pronounced zoe. Everybody say zoe. And when he says, I've come to give them life, he doesn't use bios, he uses the Greek word zoe which means that he's come to give you a God-centered, blessed, full life. Now hear me out. All of you have bios, but you don't all have zoe. If you're not a Christian, you don't have zoe. We all have bios, but he said, I've come not just to give you bios, I've come to give you zoe. I want to give you a full life, and that word means surplus, an abundance of life, an abundance of blessing. If you're unsaved, this might be difficult for you to understand, but you can have more money than me, you can have a bigger house than me, you can have a nicer car than me, you can be more famous than me, you can have more friends than me, but I want you to know my life is fuller than your life. You say, well, how is that possible? It's because I have things that money can't buy. I have things that money can't touch. I have a peace that passeth all understanding. I have a contentment. I can be happy in need and happy in plenty. I have the forgiveness of sins. I know that I live in the will of God. That this very moment I'm doing what God wants me to do. What is that worth? And I have the assurance of everlasting life. That if I died right now knowing I've already walked through that door, that I'm a part of God's sheepfold, that I'm going to be in heaven forever and ever. What is that? no, No money can buy that. 
God has come to give you Zoe. Oh, I hope that you enjoyed the radio program today on Lift Up Jesus with Dudley Rutherford. It should come as no surprise that my driving passion in life is to lift up Jesus everywhere I go and with everyone I meet. So often a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel. Or perhaps they at one time experienced the transformation that's only possible through Jesus Christ, but now for some reason they're discouraged or they're in need of hope. If that's you, if that is you, I want to encourage you to reach out to us at liftupjesus.com because we want to pray for you and we want to pray for you right now. Come visit us at Shepherd Church. If you can break away one weekend, we have three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area and multiple service times on both Saturday night as well as Sunday morning. So you really have no excuse to not come visit us. You will be so blessed by getting plugged into a biblically-based, Christ-centered church that strives to love God and to love people. You can call us toll-free at 888-818-4777. Let me say that again, 888-818-4777. Or visit us at our website, liftupjesus.com. We'd love to hear from you. We have a ton of resources at our website to help you in your walk with the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford with Lift Up Jesus. Join me here tomorrow and every weekday at 7 p.m. as we continue to study God's Word and to lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus.